0: Blake Courtney. Um, First of all, Courtney, I'm just glad you're back. Uh, It was just me and Blake. We thought you would never return, but yet you're here again. And so I want to say I'm grateful.
1: We lost half our subscriber base. (laughs) A couple
0: episodes, it's all took.
2: Uh, It's good to be back.
0: There were many Peloton jokes going on in your absence. Oh, no.
2: I'm But I want to tell you,
0: I underscored none of them. I supported none of them. (laughs)
2: I need to catch up, catch up on those um, episodes. So um, I don't want to so, say that it sounds like I don't listen.
1: <laughs> it sounds like you're telling the truth. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that here. Well, at they Full haven't Focus. come
2: out yet. I can't listen to them.
0: Oh, that's true.
2: It's like our like hidden secret.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out a, a reasonable pivot here, guys. Be unreasonable with it. All right, so guys so listener anybody... be like, "Wait
1: a second. <clears throat>
0: Those dots don't connect. So guys, we're talking about limiting beliefs, liberating truths today. And I think most of us have gotten to the point, or hopefully we've gotten to the point just in our own thought life or in our own mindset that, you know what, there's something that I'm believing that is hindering me from moving forward. And I don't know if you guys have ever felt like that, either one of you, but it, how much of an impact has a limiting belief or for that matter, a liberating truth had on your life up to this point? How much of an
1: impact? Uh, I mean, it's everything. I think everything is a reflection of what we're believing. Not to be too deep, too fast. Uh, Someone just, oh, Blake, let me have a drink of coffee first, man. It's Monday morning. (laughs) Where it's most obvious is when you feel stuck. Because stuckness is always a sign of a belief issue. And have I ever felt stuck? Uh, I would say, well, only a few times in the last 24 hours uh, <laughs> if I felt stuck. I was looking at this time and I was like, oh, wow, this was like last night. I was like, you know, totally uh, feeling like, boy, this isn't how it was supposed to go or I'm not where I think I should be or mm-hmm. I should be further along or am I just treading water here? Am I really moving where I want to, you know, all of those types of questions and they can kind of build on one another and if you don't tend to those thoughts almost like weeds in a garden uh it can choke out a lot of your potential and yeah i felt that in a massive way i I feel like as i age i only become more and more aware of how connected you know the image i have in my mind is like you know a hot air balloon how they have all the ropes you know kind of connected to the ground it doesn't float Mm -hmm. away it's almost like the one by one I'm trying to snip away the ropes so it can kinda of float up, float up, float up. And then one day you guys will just be, you know, serenely cruising across the skyline and just waving in my hot air balloon. Liberated in my liber basking in my liberating truthful
0: self. Courtney, what about you? Do you feel like you're a person that realizes I'm about to be stuck or do you only realize it once you're stuck? As far as maybe some limiting beliefs you've been
2: I would like to think, you know, I've worked on this quite a bit, um, Mm -hmm. especially honestly within the last year. And, you know, I would like to say that I've made a lot of progress in this area. And so I'm like actively working to try to catch those things before and really evaluate the thinking before. But there are certainly times, I mean, like Blake said, where, you know, you don't. Um, And then you find yourself like, oh, okay, wow, that. I am stuck. Although I will say, you know, that's kind of like the here and now. I would say, like in my lifetime, and I've talked about this on the podcast. You know, I had a really strong uh, limiting belief about having a career and a- achieving an- in a career at a like you know at a-, a pace that I felt like I was capable of, and having children. There was a mm-hmm. really big limiting belief there. And, you know, that was one, probably the biggest one that I've had to overcome that I'm aware of. You know, I think sometimes we have these limiting beliefs that we don't, again, it's like, we don't know them until we get stuck and then we have to like examine uh, to find them. But like in my life, that's probably the one that's been the most um, prominent.
0: And even kind of going with uh, Blake's garden example, I feel like limiting beliefs are like the weeds to where you can continue to work throughout your life, eliminating and pulling up these weeds, but chances are they're still gonna creep up in some way, shape, form, or fashion as you continue to grow. So there's like, hey, this is the picture perfect garden we want to be able to grow into or, or be able to see come into fruition in our lives. And with each new thing that comes along slowly but surely, there's a limiting belief that will kind of creep in to undermine some of those liberating truths or even the newness of what you're experiencing at that point in your life. So today we're going to walk through three beliefs that you need to abandon to really get unstuck and get into those liberating truths in your life. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Happy Monday to you, too. Happy Happy Monday Monday. to you, Verbs. So, guys, let's get into this. We're talking about um, limiting beliefs and liberating truths today, but what is... The first belief that we would need to abandon to just make progress in our mindset here?
2: Yeah. Well, the first one, this might seem kind of obvious, but uh, the first one is just beliefs about yourself or myself in this case. Um, You know, obviously, we don't want to eliminate all of our beliefs about ourselves, we want to keep the ones that are positive, encouraging, that are affirming thoughts. Uh, We want to keep those around, obviously. They really are the things that help us drive forward. But unfortunately, it's a lot easier to buy into kind of the opposite end of those types of beliefs. You know, the things like, oh, I'm not good at money and, you know, like I never can save. Or like I'm just not smart enough to apply for that job or that promotion. I'm not a good writer. Things like that kind of take more prominence in our mindset. It's especially possible that some of those beliefs have been true in the past. I think that's what Mm -hmm. makes them so hard. Uh, It almost reminds me of, did y'all ever read The Hobbit in, in school growing up? I can't remember what grade I read The Hobbit None of y'all read The Hobbit in school. We did not.
0: Uh, Anne of Green Gables, yes, not The Hobbit.
1: uh, No, 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 no. But I know, I know The Hobbit. I know The Hobbit. It's like Luke, I am your father, and there's this big (laughs) reveal, and they have a lightsaber (laughs) fight.
2: I know it. So The Hobbit, whenever I read it in school, it was probably like sixth or seventh grade. I don't know if that's right. I don't even know what age. Let's just pretend. Okay, so I read that book, and it was hard at that time to read, especially like all the names for the different cities. And I just remember it was hard. And so when the movie, The Hobbit came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to read The Hobbit again. And (laughs) I went into that book thinking, oh, this is going to be a really hard read. Guys, The Hobbit is not a hard read, but it was like, because that had been true in the past, the way that I approached The Hobbit as a grown adult was, oh, this is going to be a hard read. But that had stuck with me. And again, it was true in the past. It was a challenging read when I was a, like a child, but it's no longer true. And I laughed at myself, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious that I kind of held that over. And and, you know, that's kind of a silly example, but that can happen in every realm of our lives. Um, And we, you know, hopefully, you know, are going to kind of give you some ways to figure out how to get around those or how to make, how to see those clearly for what they are.
0: I agree with the fact that we tend to believe them as true because they have been true in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like if you leave that limiting belief unchallenged, untested and just say, well, I can't do this or I don't do this or I'm not cut out for whatever it is. But then once it's challenged later on, again, as you grow as a human being, as a person, you come into new experiences, new mindsets, and then you revisit that limiting belief. At that point, you're probably a whole different person who thinks differently. You discovered and you've already had some breakthroughs in other areas of your life to where you're willing to challenge that limiting belief again and crack open that book of the Hobbit
2: and read it
0: like in two hours.
1: (laughs) I think to try to make this practical or, or real for you listening, instead of just asking the question, hey, where do I have a limiting belief? Maybe just ask yourself the question, where do I currently feel stuck in my life? Where am I currently feeling stuck? Where am I currently feeling bad about myself? Or where am I currently not getting, maybe you don't even feel stuck, but you're hitting a wall repeatedly, like you're continually not getting the result that you want to get and you're trying tactic after tactic after tactic, but the results are never really what you want and you're feeling discouraged. I think maybe that's not to dwell on like what's not going well, but when we're talking about where there's opportunity for a different belief about yourself, So, so much of those experiences come back to something, a perspective that we have that we didn't sometimes even know that we had. So if I think about uh, where these come up probably most often for people is finances, relationships, and work. And so maybe for you, you're like, oh, I don't have the relationship in my life that I want yet. And that's really hard. And I feel kind of stuck. And maybe you've gone on some dates and you talk to some some dudes that were bad news and you go oh there's no good people there's no good guys in my area right or online dating or whatever i, I don't know i i dated and got married i think before the app thing was like had had reached. I
2: was about to say this. This example is really cracking me up right now.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. good.
0: It's I like a lot going. of. I, I'm
1: definitely shooting from the hip here because I'm happily married and have been for a while. But um, and also I met my wife and, and when I was a twelve yeah, year old. So I've kind of right. had my eye on her for a little while. But um. but I think that's a real, you know, I know that's a real thing for people. I've had conversations with good friends and it's this feeling of stuckness and you may find yourself uh, as you're thinking through that, you know, just discovering, oh, like I, I'm not good at, you know, approaching people that I'm interested in, for instance, or that's, uh, I'm not confident enough to ask this person out or, or something like that. Or that's something that I'm more bold. I'm not a very, I'm a shy person or I'm an introverted person, and so therefore, and if the therefore I have to be stuck here is the answer, that means there's probably a limiting belief about yourself, right? And that could apply to any category of life, but I think that's what you guys were saying earlier. I think it's always, or maybe not always, but it's typically an experience that we've had in the past or something that someone that was part of shaping our identity, whether it's a, a parent, a, a coach, uh a sibling or just other kids on the playground people that were kind of speaking into our life and our identity at those formative years so often it's like oh yeah that's where I picked that thing up mm-hmm. and it yeah how ridiculous is it to say oh so the next 40 years of my life and potential to have great relationships is going to be influenced by a conversation I had you know that a kid had with me when I was seven yeah
0: <laughs> right well I th-
2: I think where this is really interesting, like, going back to your example of, like, if you started to say, like, there's no good dudes, I think that's what you said, in my area, I think where this becomes really practical is, like, that thinking impacts your actions. If that's your thinking you know, like I'm probably not going to go out um, mm-hmm. and try to meet new people or or take the risk to start new conversations with people. You know, if your thinking is, hey, there is somebody out there for me, you know, I'm just in the process of finding them. You know, that's a much, you know, that's a different place to your actions from that thinking, you know, are going to produce better results. Um, and I think so many times we think, that it's our actions that get our results, but again, it, it's actually much deeper. It goes back to all the way back to our thinking, um, which is why we we talk about this topic so much because it's it's really really important.
1: I so I have a real life example, fresh as last night. I was thinking about this. I didn't know I had this belief about. I don't even know if I could, how to phrase it, but almost this thing of I'm too young or I'm too inexperienced, or mm. I don't have the resume to do X, Y, or Z thing. And I look, <laughs> I won't say the names of any of these people, but I just started looking at people that I noticed I, I follow online who kind of are doing things that I would like to be doing in my life at capacity. And I was kind of, you know, doing the Wikipedia search and on um, the origin story And the first, like, sigh was, the first guy I looked at is a year younger than me. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) like, why am I making up this narrative? And then I look back kind of at the history, and it's like, oh, he never, no one gave this person some sort of honorary award. He didn't, you know, I heard Bear Grylls speak. Bear Grylls is the opposite. He climbed Everest when he was, like, 17 or 18. Like, he can do, he, he deserves it, right? But (laughs) A lot of the folks I was looking, I was like, wait, they haven't done or when they first started doing this thing, they weren't a known person. They didn't have any major accomplishment. In fact, a lot of them were living in their parents' basement and just trying to like figure out what they were going to do. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, one thing, you know, they started building momentum. So, it helped dispel this belief that I had of- Wait a second. I didn't even realize that I'm not, as you said, Courtney, I'm not acting like my future self wants to be because I have this belief that my future self can never arrive because I haven't accomplished enough yet or I'm not old
0: enough yet. Does that make sense? Blake, let me ask you this before we go to the next one. No, this
1: is not a therapy session, Verbs. No follow-ups. It's too late. Don't go down this path.
0: It's too late. Strapping on the tanks. We're going scuba. Blah, 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 blah. What would you foresee sixty-year-old Blake saying to today Blake? What advice would you give him concerning um, young Blake's limiting beliefs?
1: Sixty-year-old Blake, what advice would he give?
0: Yep. Oh gosh. Specifically about limiting beliefs that that you may be experiencing okay, I was now. Say,
1: there's a lot of you know, a lot of. <laughs> there's a. I can go a many lot of feedback he might give me at this yeah. point. Um, <laughs> you know, sixty-year-old Blake, you know, as he runs his hands through his thick wavy hair and you can't help but see the pectoral muscles kind of just flex and he's got like <laughs> funny Stop old it. guy abs you know like still has that um he <laughs> I'll, let me lose. I think he would say it's it's simpler and easier than you think i th- which kind of goes to the whole we talked about I don't know if this this will have made the cut or not, but Nick, our producer, and I are both Enneagram fours. And part of that whole psychology is things just have to be complicated. And because I'm such a special Mm -hmm. unicorn, this stuff won't work for me, right? And I think that's where a lot of my limiting beliefs might originate from Mm -hmm. is that it has to be difficult or complicated or whatever. And I think when I think about that, that... I mean, I don't even have to be 60. When I look back at 20-year-old Blake or 25-year-old Blake five years ago, you know, it would just be, hey, everything's working for you. It's not happening to you. And it's simpler than you realize.
0: All right. So next is beliefs about others. I think this is a super big one. If I could use that adjective, I'll comment later, but I want you guys to comment uh, first just as far as beliefs about others. Cause this one, this one is huge because now it's going from internal to external and how we view uh, those around us and how we move about, you know, different groups and and environments and all that kind of thing. But what's your guys thoughts on? Beliefs about others.
2: The other day I had a, a great example of this. Uh, there was a car in front of me and my daughter who's five and a half and the car in front of me. And I was like, he d- he or she, I should say, um, just turned um, into a road. And it was kind of, it was on a highway that was like 55 miles an hour. And I was like, man, use your blinker. And my five and a half year old daughter said, what is? What do you mean, Mom? And I said, Well, he didn't use his blinker to let me know that he was turning, and so it kind of was, you know, I had to kind of hit my brakes to slow down. And she said, Well, he must not know that he needs to use his blinker. And I thought, What hmm. an interesting, yeah, that is another interpretation of what just happened. Now we would all be like, He, he, that person had to take a driver's test. Well, not. It, it could have been a, you know, somebody. Hey, a, a we're, in, teenager. we're in
1: Tennessee, maybe not. You know. <laughs> maybe
2: Maybe not. But I just, in that moment, easy, I chuckled easy. to myself that her interpretation and my interpretation obviously were very different, but also produce a different set of actions. You know, if I mm-hmm. would have looked at it and be like, well, they must not admit, they must not know how to use a blinker. It doesn't produce road rage. Um, and my, mm. you know, my thinking of like, oh, come on, like, use your blinker. You know, this is so frustrating. Like I almost, I could have hit you. Uh, It was just a really funny uh, moment. But I think, again, the idea here is that this thinking that these perceptions that we put on um, other people can be unfair to them and can, can create distance between you and another person that's sometimes hard to pinpoint. You know, Mm -hmm. but I think that's because it comes back to this thinking that we are, we're crediting this thinking as facts when really it's interpretations on things that are happening.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I see this a lot in my job. I mostly have sales conversations all day, uh, most days, and I notice so often that if I have a thought about somebody that isn't really serving the conversation, like, oh, this person, they won't want to invest, you know, because mm-hmm. I can I could just tell yeah, you know, look, then that can affect I start treating them like someone that doesn't want to invest. And then guess what? Right. it actually there's it's circular because then they don't invest and then I go see. it kind of reaffirms my judgment mm-hmm. and my assessment versus going, huh they seem reserved, something must be under the surface because of course they want to invest, but something's holding them back, right? Yeah. There's, um, I can't or remember- like for-
2: they're reserved and may need to know more facts about the program than other people, you know, or may need mm-hmm. to ask more questions.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I, there's uh, advice, I can't remember which book I even read this from, so apologies if- you're listening, I'm sure all this, the greats of sales uh, listen to this podcast just for their own personal productivity. So, if you're listening and I'm quoting you, I'm sorry. But uh, the advice was just At the best time to make sales calls is right after you close a deal. Mm. And, and nothing's changed about the prospect. But what's changed is your belief about yourself and your belief about mm-hmm. prospects, right? Because you're coming mm-hmm. off of that you know that recent history of like oh yeah people people do want to buy and i can sell right and it's so interesting how our circumstances can really affect those beliefs but just the awareness of that even if you're not coming off of a sale can affect at least in my case I'm as we're having this conversation i go oh yeah i could check those beliefs as they're forming even in yeah. real time with prospects
2: yeah. i think one of the most dangerous beliefs about others that i see occasionally in myself is like when i perceive or i i have a belief that someone thinks i'm failing it's usually situational it's not like oh this person always thinks i'm fail- failing but like if there's you know a promotion that doesn't go the way that it was expected and i it, you know think oh that person thinks i'm failing and then i start to see everything they do as like affirmation to that belief, when really it's just because I'm looking at everything through that funnel. And mm-hmm. what can happen is all of a sudden you start going into a spiral. And I, I've seen this with people that I've worked with before. It seems like such a small beginning, but it starts this whole loop of, of failure. You start seeing people, they think I'm failing. You just start reaffirming, and then again, it's like that self-fulfilling, that circular thing. You start actually failing because you're telling yourself, "Oh, they think I'm failing. Then I am. I am failing," and then you get the results from that.
1: Yeah, you start acting like someone that deserves that type of atten- attention,
2: right? You know, so it's good. like it, it's good. that.
1: You know, this comes up even in my in my marriage a lot. Is one of the best parts about marriage is that it can. Unravel or it, you know, reveal all these limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, you know, that you have about other people, mm-hmm. because it can it can come out, you know, in that context of marriage. I, I see that a lot. Where all, if I'm thinking something about, oh, this is what my wife is like, or this is what she's thinking about me, it's kind of like, like let's say the thought is, you don't, she doesn't understand me, yeah, she doesn't understand me, right? Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I start acting in this way or I withdraw or I don't share things. And then guess what? She actually doesn't understand me, Because, but it's (laughs) not for her fault. It's really just because I've started creating that environment where I'm hard to understand. And Mm -hmm. then it's said, "See, see, I knew you didn't understand.
0: Yeah. I'll say too, I think another important one that often affects what we believe about others is like what Courtney mentioned. It's there's experiences that kind of inform our beliefs or experiences that we've held on to as far as how we interpret, interpreted those experiences, especially, and obviously over the last few years, this has kind of been has risen to the top, but especially culturally, whether it's um, ethnically or culture in general, whenever we're kind of moving in different spaces, there's thoughts that we have about, you know, certain people. So if it's me as a person of color going into an environment Um, where I may be the only one or one of a few, it's easy for me to think, okay, I have to be on a heightened alert because I know that or I would think that there's people in this room. that may see me a certain way or vice versa. And so I think it's it's important to for all of us to uh, to understand that, you know, these these beliefs about others are shaped often because of maybe it is an experience. Maybe it's something we viewed in the media. Uh, Maybe it's a a very personal experience or interaction that shaped the belief about someone else. Um, Or maybe it's it's it could be simple, something as simple as just a cultural thing that we're confronting that shapes that belief that we have about others. But may have only been specific to that interaction or that that trend, that transaction that we've Mm -hmm. um, that we've experienced, that we've gone through. So. I think we all just need to be mindful of that just as much as we are mindful about what we believe about ourselves. And even as we go into this next one, just to be aware that I can't let one situation, one interaction forever interpret my dealings with. Again, we talked about kind of in a business sense, but, you know, especially culturally and and all of that, because I feel. We can cheat ourselves out of a life-giving relationship when we have those limiting beliefs about other people around us.
2: I feel like what you just shared is really, I mean, a great segue into this point of like, we take experiences instead of like applying them just to like one individual, like another, you know, other <laughs> to another person, we mm-hmm. actually um, apply it to a whole group of people, um, and kind of make a global belief about the situation. For example, we may say like the politicians are all crooked, you know, like they're all terrible. Um, or the leadership in this company just doesn't understand the people on the ground Mm -hmm. doing the day in day out work. You know, we just take a, yeah, we just basically broad strokes. And, And sometimes these are These can be very powerful um, very powerful and sometimes very hard to identify. I think, you know, those examples are are kind of funny. Uh, The funniest one in our script, though, is men are emotionally constipated. It's like talking to a wall. Um,
0: (laughs) Emotionally constipated.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to make T-shirts for y'all. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, what that does, though, when we have those beliefs about the world, just kind of to what you shared, Verbs, it really does narrow our view of the world. You know, mm-hmm. we narrow the possibilities of what, what might be possible for us. And because of that, we put up defenses around those, those things, you know, because – Again, we so rarely see these things as beliefs, we actually see them as facts. We see our thinking as facts, which is the really, you know, scary part in all of this.
0: That's a good point, Courtney, because I think we can see them as facts again, as we mentioned, because they may have been true in the past, but that doesn't mean that we can't broaden our foundation of how we view the world just because of one thing that we experienced. Because again, I think we're we're kind of cutting ourselves off at the legs if we continue to believe that about how the world functions or how we perceive it to function.
1: Yeah. I I can relate to this one specifically when it comes to money. And now that I feel, and, and I, I still probably have a ways to go uh, with this. There's always kind of new levels probably to ascend when it comes to what you believe. But uh, it's funny looking back 10 years later kind of going starting that journey seeing people who are both angry that they don't have money but simultaneously angry at people who do have money and i th- i think that's very bizarre it, like mm-hmm. it it feels logical when you're in it it's like oh, oh rich people you know but what you don't realize is like well if you believe that it's bad to be rich then by your thoughts by your actions by your how you connect with people or what you choose to ask you know if you have a hard time asking for appropriate comp- compensation it's like you'll end up staying mm-hmm. broke <laughs> it's that's pretty it's pretty logical right if you're if you don't aren't where you're at financially that's a great way to tell that you have limiting beliefs about money or about wealth or about people that can accumulate money or can charge a lot for what they do. Yeah. Uh, for me, that was just massive to go through this and go, oh, I didn't realize like I actually thought it was selfish to want to have money. So, of course, I don't have money because I don't want to be a selfish person. Hmm. Uh, or I believe that, you know, if I have uh, a lot of money, then I, I may have to be may have to, in some ways, hurt other people, right? Because there's a limited amount of money. And so, therefore, I should only have what I absolutely need, right? That's that's not actually true, but I believed it was true. And so, therefore, I only ever had what I actually truly needed to literally survive. Um, so, I spent a lot of years <laughs> being super, super broke and I don't think it was because I was untalented or because I didn't try at different things I did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, i just through reading, through mentorship, through examinations, through study, unraveled some of these beliefs about money. And it's made a massive, <laughs> I mean, that type of work is some of the most important probably I've done in my adult life just because of the actual impact that has had uh, in every other area.
0: You know, there's this uh, is a popular mantra. I think over the last few years we've heard it more is, you know, just live your truth. But I think in the case of even what we talked about today, if, if you're perceiving something to be true, that truth could still be limited, but there's opportunity for you to have to a liberating truth to that as far as what could be possible, what could be true to, to counteract that limiting belief. So to saying that to say
2: really, I've never thought of, I've never made that connection.
0: I didn't either until just now. Yeah. I think I I just impressed myself, but thank you for underscoring. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. Yeah. To say that, Hey, that as long as it's a healthy truth. Yes. Live it to your heart's content, but just make sure you're examining Mm -hmm. the state of your, of what we are calling true. So it may feel really familiar at this point, but you don't have to stay stuck where you are. You can live more fully into the life you want by abandoning your limiting beliefs about yourself, other people, and the world around you. Courtney Blake, any final thoughts for our focus on this, listeners? This was a good episode. Mm Hmm. Do we have time for one last scuba? I
2: think so. Go go for it.
1: What I would say, a, a really important question is, how do I know if I have a limiting belief? or how do i know if what i'm believing is helping me or hurting me or if i need to turn over a rock and i'm sure you guys have uh good thoughts on this but what comes to my mind is how do you feel because what's anchoring your feelings are perspectives so if you are feeling really excited really joyful really generous uh, really at peace there's a good chance that there's perspectives that are liberating that are causing those feelings that are energy giving life giving for you and everyone around you conversely if you feel very frustrated or every time you go to work you start to feel annoyed or frustrated or angry that's a great place to start and just simply you know pull out a journal and go i feel angry because dot 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 and honestly that's kind of just where it begins i think you know there's a lot we could talk about how to really unpack stuff but that's a great place to start because you go well i feel angry because you know so-and-so just doesn't understand me right well that's a belief about them that's that belief is (laughs) generating this feeling which is then probably generating a a, you know a bad day in the making right so that would be my final thought it's just to examine your emotions and let those illuminate where you have those limiting beliefs And uh, take
0: it from there. So, thank you for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So, please share it with your friends. Don't forget to join our full Focus Planner community right there on Facebook. We'll be here next week with another great episode. But until then, stay
2: Stay focused. Stay
0: focused. focused.
3: (laughs)